So the Lord's been, he's been dealing with me about, about, and I'll just tell you what the message is about today. It's about lies or life. Lies or life. And, and, and I know I got it in me this week because, because we went to, uh, to, uh, listen to Mario Murillo and we were there two nights and, and listening to him, I was just so aware of the, of just the struggle that's going on in, in, in all over the world right now between two powerful, uh, two powers. Two powerful forces is what I wanted to say, and that's the devil and God. Hallelujah. The devil is full of lies. And you know what? He's, he's got some people fully convinced that he is, that they're going the right direction. But then there's God, and God is full of truth and love. You know, Jesus, when he came on the scene, it was amazing. He immediately, for years, you know, the, the, when something happened bad, it was almost like that people, he, you know, God just kind of took the hit for it. But when Jesus came on the scene, immediately he began to bind the devil. Hallelujah. He began to come against the spirit of the Antichrist and the devil. And, and, and in this scripture here, I, I just have two scriptures I want to share with you at, at the beginning here. In John eight forty four, this is Jesus talking. He said, you are your father, the devil, and the desires of your father you want to do. He was a murderer from the beginning and does not stand in the truth because there is no truth in him. When he speaks a lie, he speaks from his own resources, for he is a liar and the father of it. In John 10, 10, this again, this is our Lord Jesus Christ. He says this, the thief does not come except to steal and to kill and to destroy. I have come that you may have life and that you may have it more abundantly. Hallelujah. So today's message really, it's about lies or life. Now, I know a lot of us have experienced what the devil can do to us. You know, he's the one who comes to kill, steal, and to destroy but Jesus came that we could have abundant life. And I believe in John 10, 10, and he's, there's a message there for us. I believe he's saying this, don't get me mixed up with the devil. Hallelujah. You know, because I am the one that came. I'm the one that brought life into the world because I am life. I brought abundant life, not just everlasting life, but abundant life. And he's the one who comes to kill, steal, and to destroy. So today, I want you to know that we need to expose this devil. He needs to be exposed for who he is and what he does. But the other part is, is I want to reveal the love of Jesus Christ. Because could we get by without that? The love of Jesus Christ. From, from even you open up your Bible and you begin to read about God's love, how he took Adam and Eve into this wonderful place called the Garden of Eden. And he began to just, he said, hey, this is yours. This lush, beautiful place. And he said, you know, everything is yours. In fact, I'm going to visit you in the evenings. I'm going to come and just spend time with you because I love you. I believe he said that. He created them so he could just be with them. 
He created you so he could be with you. Do you know that? No one said amen. Amen. I'm just kidding. Hallelujah. But he did. He created you. He created me. And, and, and this was right in the beginning. He just gave him one rule. He said, see that tree over there? It's called the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Stay away from that tree. Because if you eat the fruit of that tree, you will surely die. Just, I think it's the next chapter. I think it is that the devil came in and he says, you won't surely die. He came in immediately to lie. He came in immediately to lie to them and and distract them and get them off track, deceive them. And because of that, he came in to lie to them and to kill, steal, and I mean steal, kill, and to destroy. How about Job? Job had a wonderful life. He was wealthy. He was healthy. He was serving God. But you know what? The devil, when he came into his life, he was sick. He was beaten down. His family was gone. Because that's what the devil does. The devil comes in to kill, steal, and to destroy. Hallelujah. But Jesus came that we would have life and have it abundantly. Praise God. Can you say praise God? Kenneth Copeland, <laughs> Kenneth Copeland told this story one time, and, and, and he was talking about a distraction. And what the devil does is he puts distractions in our life. And he used this example of a matador, that a matador, he's taunting that bull with his cape, and he called it a red cape, but he gets his cape out here, and he just taunts that bull. And he gets that bull so focused on that cape that that bull gets mad and he charges that cape. But when he does, the matador, you know, they're so, you know, they're they're stylish when they do it. But he gets a sharp sword and he just pokes or he sticks that sword down into that bull's right up into his neck. He does it again and again. On this side, he sticks him with that sword. But if you're just a bystander, wouldn't you think this? If he ever finds out who's really sticking him, that matador would be in trouble, wouldn't he? He would be in trouble. But see, it's a picture of our life. What the enemy does is he comes in sometimes and he distracts us with things and then he sticks us. And, and, and so many times, we, we get the idea, unless we know better, we think that God put something on us. We think that God caused us to be sick, that God causes our marriage to be bad, that God causes our children to act up. But same principle. What if you find out who's the one who's really sticking you? He's going to be in trouble. I really believe that. And we have to know, and that's what this is about today. We have to know the difference, and that's what this church is all about. This is a place where you can learn the truth. And so I really believe it's important for you to be in church to find out the difference, to get into your Bible and find out the difference. The devil wants to steal your money. He wants to attack your body. And you know what? He wants to tear your family apart. He wants to, he wants to attack your children and get them sidetracked to get them into doing, excuse me, into doing drugs 
or alcohol, drinking alcohol, or living some illicit lifestyle. But Jesus didn't do that. You know what he wants to do? The devil wants to, he wants to tear everything away from you and take anything away from you that's beautiful. He wants to steal the love that you have for your husband or for your wife or for your parents, if we have kids in here today, for, for the church and ultimately for God. That's what his job is because there's a scripture and it's in 2 Corinthians 4, 4. It says this, whose minds the God of this age has blinded who believe. See, he's blinded. Hallelujah. But you know what his desire is? Is His desire is to just make you miserable. Hallelujah. And, and just to tear you apart, to kill every part of you. You know, there are people today that make fun of the church. There are people today that actually make fun of Jesus and God. There are people right now that are trying to tell us that the word of God is not true. They're trying to, to talk against the word of God. And that's the work of the enemy. And so, but God, God wants us to know that he wants us to know that he's in control and that he is a God of love. Hallelujah. And, and, and I'm just going to bring this up to that, that there's, there's this group of people and they're called the elite. The elite people, and they're so driven by the enemy, so driven that they think that it's, they're so deceived. They're elite. And, and, you know, even, even there's this group of people that think that there should only be so many people alive today, but it would include them because they're the elite. But you know, the Bible talks about that. It talks about, there's a story in the Bible and it's in Luke chapter 16. In Luke chapter 16, it's called this, the rich man and Lazarus. You ever read that story? Two different lifestyles. This rich man, he lives sumptuously. He, in, in luxury, he dressed in purple and fine linen. He had everything that he wanted and everything that he needed. And, and so on the other hand, there was Lazarus. Lazarus was a poor beggar. In fact, he was sick too. He was wounded. The dogs used to come and lick the sores on him. And, and, and he just, he just thought, you know what? If I could just have a few crumbs from that man's table, I, I just love that. But they both died. And the Bible says this, says that the elite one, went to the place of the dead. That's what the NLT says, but not Lazarus. He, he went to heaven. In fact, they called it Abraham's bosom, and he was there, and he is being comforted. And the Bible says this. It says in Luke chapter 16 and verse 23, and in hell he, lit, he, he lift up his eyes, being in torment, and you know what he did then? The, you know, the beggar had really, he had desired to have some crumbs from him. But now he's desiring that Lazarus would come and just touch the tip of his tongue with water. But Abraham said, you had everything you wanted. Do you get that? You had everything you wanted while you were on the earth. Because so many people, it's just about them. It's just about me. My name is Jimmy. Gimme. 
It really is. They're selfish. And because of the, and, and selfishness comes from the devil. And he told him, he, he said, you know what? You, you had it good on the earth, but now it's, it's this guy's time to be comforted. And besides all, all that, we can't do that anyway. There's a great chasm between me and you, or us and you. So we can't do anything for you. Hallelujah. But then he did this in verse 27. Then he said, I pray thee, therefore, Father, that thou wouldest send him, Lazarus, to my father's house. For I have five brethren that they may testify unto them, lest they also come to this place of torment. Now, all of a sudden, this man didn't care about praying before. He didn't care about testimonies. He had probably made fun of them about what God was doing. But now, who's he thinking about? Now he's thinking about those five brothers. And he's, he's concerned about them because they're just like him. They've been so deceived. And he's saying, could you at least send him there to someone send him there to, to tell them? Because now it's turned around, and he doesn't want those other people, the one he cares about, to be in torment like him. Hell lasts forever. That's the place where the devil torments you forever. Forever. And, and so when reading this story, I, it made me so aware that we have to warn people. We have to tell them. We have to tell them about their lifestyle. And sometimes it may take a confrontation, but it's going to take a lot of prayer. For us to pray for their eyes to be opened up, that they would be softened so that when we went to them or somebody came into their path, that they had opened their heart to hear the truth. Because God doesn't want anybody to go to hell. God doesn't. God is good. And, and you know, the devil, he wants us to think sometimes that God isn't. But the Bible says in, in Acts chapter 10 and verse 38, it says how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power who went about doing good healing all who were oppressed of the devil for God was with him see Jesus went about doing this everyone that the devil had made sick he healed you see the difference there the devil made them sick and then Jesus healed them hallelujah hallelujah Chapter 13 of Luke, there's a there's story, and I really thought about just preaching about this today, and I might get stuck here. And it was about Jesus was in the synagogue, and he was teaching. And, and this lady came in, and, and this lady was all, she was bowed over just like this. I mean, when she walked around, she was just like this. I mean... She and that and it had been going on for 18 years. Jesus immediately and he, the, the compassion, that was the love that he has for people. Jesus loves people. He stopped what he was doing. And right in front of everybody, he said, woman, thou art loosed of, of that infirmity. And he put his hand on her, and she was like this. And then all of a sudden, she could stand straight. 
Just stand straight up. I mean, that's, that's amazing. Now, why did that happen? Because Jesus loves people. Now, in that setting, he was with these people. Excuse me. He was in a synagogue. So the leader of the synagogue said, you can't do that. It's the Sabbath. And I really think Jesus, you know, he's, <laughs> he's God. And he's just thinking, I don't know what he's thinking. <laughs> but I'm thinking, I, I believe that he, he, he knew it was more important to heal that lady than to put up with a bunch of religious rules. He didn't come to, to give us all kinds of rules and set up religion. Now, that's what the Pharisee wanted him to do. He wanted him to, to honor that you, you couldn't heal anybody on the Sabbath. You just couldn't do it. But the power of God and the love of God in Jesus compelled him to touch that lady. It wouldn't have mattered what day it was. And, you know, they complained about it. And then in verse 15, when they complained about it, you know what he said to them? He said, hypocrite, does not each one of you on the Sabbath lose his ox or donkey from the stall and lead it away to water? So ought not this woman being a daughter of Abraham whom Satan has bound, think of it, for 18 years be loosed from this bond on the Sabbath. Again, Jesus thought about people. He thought about people. Jesus said this, I have come that you would have abundant life. Amen? Now, we do have an adversary, and he's called the devil. In 1 Peter 5, 8, it tells us this, be sober, be vigilant. That word sober means that you're awake. I mean, you're aware of things around you. And be vigilant. You've always got to be watching. You're, you're always looking around. Hallelujah. And he said, because your adversary, the devil, walketh around like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. Now, what he's saying is the devil, he's the evil force in the world, and, and he's walking around and he's seeking who he may devour. But the truth of the matter is, is he can't devour any, just anybody. He ain't going to devour me. What about you? I mean, you know, he, because we know who we are in Christ and what we have in our covenant with God. And because of that, we, we recognize that. Stop it in the name of Jesus. We do that. But you know what? He's looking for those people who are ignorant, that they haven't, they haven't heard about Jesus Christ for what, I don't know for whatever reason, but he comes and he comes to steal and to kill and to destroy because that's what he does. I lost my place. Praise the Lord. So listen, be sober and be vigilant. Be sober and be vigilant. Listen, you watch over your marriage. You watch over your relationship with your wife. You watch over your family. Hallelujah. Be sober and be vigilant. And always, I mean, you're so aware when you see something by the Spirit of God, you know that I didn't write. I just know that. 
I just know that's not right. And the other thing you need to do is you need to watch over your kids. Now, if they're grown, the only way you can really do that is you can pray. You, but, oh my goodness, I think it's a never-ending prayer. We continue to pray all the time for our grown kids. But if they're in your house, you need to watch over every activity, even watching TV. I was just talking to this young man this week, and he was telling me about, and I was just going to say this particular channel, but I'm just going to say it. It's the Disney Channel. And, and, and he has a little girl, and his little girl was watching, watching this, this TV show. And he said, but, but you know, and, and they just thought it was so cute until one day that it's about this little girl, another little girl, and she has a friend, and she has two mommies. Man, I can't believe I'm just getting out there everywhere today. So is that a good thing for your kids? No. And so remember, who comes and lies? It's not Jesus. He comes to give us life and life more abundantly. Can you say amen? Amen. amen. So and, and even in the school, in the school, be part of your kids' education. I had this encounter with a neighbor the other day, and it didn't take me long to figure out that he and I are on different wavelengths about things that are going on. So instead of slapping him, I, I just, <laughs> what I thought I would do is, is I'd just be kind because he loves God, you know, and I just said, you know, it's really, you know, I just think we need to focus on the gospel and Jesus Christ. Amen. We need to, that's what we need to do. Hallelujah. I have come that you may have life and that you may have it more abundantly. I believe the choice is ours. We can choose those lies. Even when you're born again and you've been walking with God for a while, he's going to try to lie to you. But we can choose life. Jesus came that we would have life. Hallelujah. In Ephesians 2, 1, it says this, And you he made alive who were dead in trespasses and sin. Now, I don't know if there's anyone today that, you're, that you've never received Jesus Christ. But you know what? He, did, he didn't come. Jesus was not sent here just to make you a good person. He was trying to, to raise a dead person on the inside of you, raise him up to life. Because if you've never received Jesus Christ, then you are dead on the inside. But when you receive Jesus, Jesus comes into your life and changes everything. He gives you a new life. A new life. We call it being born again, don't we? A brand new spirit, a brand new heart. And then if you get into church, you find out a brand new way to think because you renew your mind. You get brand new friends. You're in a, just a brand new situation because God wants the best for you. He doesn't, you know, and in my case, he changed a lot of things. I did get a brand new wife. Woo. Still got her. She's still brand new to me. Praise the Lord. But you know what? Immediately I got saved and I had to get new friends. I just really did. They were all offended too. Well, who do you think you are? It was kind of tough. 
But God's blessed me from there. And he'll do the same thing to any of us. Hallelujah. Not to any of us, but, but for all of us. There was this man. The Bible says in John chapter 3 and verse 2, it says, This man came to Jesus by night and said to him, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher come from God, for no one can do these signs you do unless God is with him. Now, we all know, what was his name? Nicodemus, that's right. Nicodemus came to him. And you know what? He slipped over there at night. He slipped over there to see the master at night. Did you see that episode of The Chosen? Where, where, I mean, like it was like this secret mission everybody was on. They were looking around and, you know, and he slipped him upstairs to Jesus. And then when he came into Jesus' presence, he just went, he fell apart. The presence of God, he fell apart. He was, and he was, he was taken. He was excited about the miracles. He said, and he says, no one can do what you do except God is with them. And, and what did he see? Well, he saw lame people walking. He saw blind people seeing. He saw deaf people hear. The, the, the lepers, they were cleaned up. And he was a, a religious man. A religious man, but he was empty in his heart. So he came to Jesus. And you know what? He wasn't just a religious man. He was a Pharisee. He was a leader of the Pharisees. He was the best of the best. But yet, he was empty on the inside. There's people who come to church all the time. And they come, and they come, and they come, and still they're empty on the inside. But God wants to change that. He wants to fill you up with his spirit, and he wants to fill you up with the life of God. He wants to change that because he wants us to be full of joy and peace in God's life. And he can change that. You know, but... Jesus, he just got right to the matter. And, and he said this in, in, in verse five, he said, he said, most assuredly, I say to you, unless one is born of water and the spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. I mean, he just jumped right to it. Well, what does this mean? And then he, and then he begins to explain it in verse 14. He says, and as, as Moses lifted up, the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up. You know, and here's the thing. The children of Israel had been, they, they were set loose. They were free from Egypt. And they were on their way to the promised land, the land that God had promised them. And they began to murmur. So God let those serpents that... I don't know where they came from. All of a sudden, there were serpents. And he allowed those serpents to bite those people. I mean, it, they were just biting the heck out of them. And they had venom. I mean, they had poison in their, their veins, in their bloodstream. But you know what they did? They did something was really pretty smart. They called out to God. They repented. And when, when, when God heard that, he told Moses, he said, I want you to make a brass serpent. 
And I want you to put it up on a pole and you hold that thing up for all to see. You hold it up and you tell them, you see this, these serpents are defeated. They are defeated. They're taken care of for you. And if you look at that, then you will be made free. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And here's what the Bible says. And in, in, in it says, and it came to pass that if the serpent had bitten any man, when he beheld the serpent of brass, he lived. They were able to live. And, and really what he's saying is he said, just as that serpent was hung on a tree, that's what's going to happen to me. The son of man will be hung on that tree. And he said, but I'll take your sickness, your sin, your disease, and I'll taste death for you. I'll do it for you. I'll pour my life out for you on the cross, but then I'll rise again. And I'll take this blood and I'll sit at the right hand of the Father. And anyone who looks on my cross will be saved. That's what he was telling Nicodemus. That's what Jesus wants to do for every one of us today. Every one of us. You know, I, I know there's bound people here today. I know that people are bound up for different reasons. I just know it. But today, if you, you would just lift up your eyes, you may be even born again, but still, you're still messed up. There's things that are going on in your life today. Last night, we were praying in the Holy Ghost for about an hour. And the only thing that I heard during that whole time, it was secrets. People and their secrets. And so, but today, listen, today, God wants to set you free. Hallelujah. The choice is really ours, isn't it? We can choose lies or we can choose life. God has a plan for the human race. He's, he's, he has a plan for every single person. And you know what he desires? You know what he wants for you? He wants you to be healthy. He wants you to be happy. He wants you to be strong. He wants you to be blessed. He wants you to be free. He wants all of these things. And God sent his very best. He sent, the Bible says, he, that he loved the world so much that he sent his only begotten son that whoever believed in him would not perish but have everlasting life. He sent his best. He sent his son Jesus to give his life for us because, see, the Bible says that he loves the world. He loves Africa. He loves the Ukraine. He loves Russia. He loves Cuba, Spain. He loves Mexico. He loves the world. And I think sometimes we don't realize how big it is, but God knows. God is concerned about everyone in the world. And so he gave his best. Now, I believe that the next verse is probably 
just as important. And he said, and it says this, for God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but through him, the world might be saved. You know what? He didn't come to bring condemnation. Now, here's the thing. Those secrets. (laughs) God knows what's going on in your life. He does. He knows if you're away from him. God knows even about those words that you've spoken that you regret. He knows even if, if we're in rebellion to him. He knows that. He knows all of that. Yet, Jesus didn't come here to point a finger at you and condemn you. Because <laughs> that's not what God does. God doesn't do that. You know what he did? He sent him so that you could have life. Now, you can choose the lies. Even, again, the lies will never stop unless you stop them. You have to, you have to stand up against the devil. And, and he will continue to lie to you. You're not good enough. Or there's even, you know what? I just don't think I can ever forgive that person. Yeah, you can. If you, if you believe that God's forgiven you, you can let them go. But you just don't realize what's happened to me in my life. I don't know if I can ever move on. But you can. You can. As tragic as it was, as hard as it was, and even with those memories, you can move on. You can. But you have to trust You have to trust in the Lord with all of your heart. And sometimes you got to tell your mind to shut up.